that's what being okay is to me and more than okay. And the idea of the spectrum that I talk about, like less than okay, okay, and more than okay. My hope is that makes it easier for people to talk about mental health, that it's okay to be less than okay. It's okay to just be okay. And it's also okay to be more than okay. And uh, welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, um, yeah, I'm really excited for today's guest. Um, I think we're very like-minded. Um, you may have saw our Instagram live um, that I did through her Instagram, um, which is called The OK Days, um, which is how we got connected. Um, but now we're going to have a really in-depth conversation here about her journey, um, how she got here, why mental health is important. You know, kind of the normal things that we talk about on this podcast. Um, but I introduce to you today, Ed and Marcus. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, where are you? Uh, where are you coming from? I am tuning in from Boston. I have been home with my fam since this all started in March. Um, yeah. <laughs> what were you doing before that? Were you somewhere else? I was. I was in New York. So I went to college at Boston University, moved to New York right after graduation, and I was there for about two years before this all started, and I've been back home since then. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Okay, we'll, we'll dive into a little bit more about that and what you did in school and, and all that good stuff. Um, but generally, we start this podcast off with a very, I think, important question um, that I think uh, can really change the world. Um, even though people say that a lot, you know, I want to change the world, this will change the world. Um, but I think it, it can kind of has the impact too. And so I'd like for you to really answer this question as honestly as possible. Um, yeah. How are you doing for real? Oh, so good. Well, no, I'm not doing so good. That's a great question though. Oh, okay. question. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am doing, and this has been my answer and it's very, connected to what I do on Instagram, but I am doing okay. And I, I, that is my honest answer. I meant your question was so good, but I am doing okay. Um, I love that you asked me to answer that honestly, because I think this year, that question is, that's a heavy question. It can be a heavy question because I think our, our gut reaction is, oh, I'm doing so good, or I'm doing good, or I'm doing well. And sometimes we are, but when we answer that, when we're not, yeah, there's so much more. There's a, there's a deeper layer to that. So I'm, I'm really glad you asked me to answer that honestly. How are you doing? How am I doing? Um, I'm doing very well. Um, I, uh, last night I had a friend come over that I hadn't seen in 10 years. Um, wow. And so, yeah, it was like a really magical kind of experience. Like she was she was friends with my sister, um, which my viewers know. And I think you remember that, you know, I lost mm-hmm. her a couple of years ago. And so we were all part of this like Jewish youth group back in the day. And uh, she yeah. like moved to Israel and like is about to become a rabbi. And it's like super into yoga and like oh. went on like a bunch of meditation and mindfulness retreats. So like, it's weird how like, you know, over 10 years, we've like gone on way different journeys and experienced so many different mm-hmm. things, but like have almost led up to like the same kind of thought process. And so the conversation we had last mm-hmm. night was really cool. And just like seeing someone you hadn't seen in forever that. is very nice. And oh my God. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because of that conversation and uh, that, I'm I'm doing really good, and it's, you know, feel I feel good. I feel good to do that. So I'm doing really yeah. good. Um, those kind of conversations with friends and connections, I always feel my best. I saw uh, actually saw a friend this morning. We got breakfast, and that made me feel feel more than okay. It made me feel very good. I we had gone to um, kindergarten through eighth grade together. Hadn't seen her in Vincent. Like we went to different high schools, different colleges, but we have reconnected since we both have similar stories. We were both, I was in New York, she was in Atlanta. We both moved back in with our families in the Boston area and we reconnected this year. And every month or so we'll do like a socially distant activity. And that always makes me feel good. So I love coming out of those conversations feeling better. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's something. There's something to it, obviously. That's why, so many people talk about, you know, needing real, genuine human connection, um, mm-hmm. whether it's like via text, phone call or in person nowadays, but it does. It's Definitely. like, a, it's an absolute game changer. And so how has like connection and staying in touch with people been for you since being at home and coronavirus mm-hmm. and restrictions and things of that nature? Mm-hmm. It has been so needed. I was not a phone call person before this. I was always a let's text a little catch up, but then let's just meet up in person and really have a conversation. That changed this year. Now I love calling my friends and I love having those FaceTime connections because it's, it's so important. I think this year made us, made us realize that we are not meant to not interact with people for this long. So I think um, it's been so, so needed for me for sure. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I have a, I have an Android cell phone, so FaceTime for me is oh, challenging, and yeah. I get grief from all of my friends about it. Like, dude, well, I got to get on Instagram to see you or what? It's yeah. like, okay. okay. You, have, like, you would, you have green text. You don't have the blue text. Like yeah, Amazon, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. So I'm like, out of everything that's going on, what's giving you issue is you getting on Instagram so we can have a FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, so true. And- but uh okay so yeah i'd like to really uh kind of explore you and your background and like why you started uh the okay days so you grew up where where'd you grow up so i was actually born in israel i uh, my fam, my dad's side of the family is there and my mom is american so my parents met in new york um and then after they got married they moved to israel and back to Israel rather, because that's where my dad's from. And then they had me and then moved back here um, and had my brother. So I I grew up in the Boston area, but I do have an Israeli passport. So we we got both, but I grew up in America. (laughs) That's super cool. Mm -hmm, So that's kind of like where I grew up. And I went to like a private Jewish day school, the kindergarten through eighth grade that I was talking about. And I think that really shaped my like, love of community and desire for connection and I then went to um, public public high school and that was a really new experience because I had been with the same people for nine years until I was 14 however old you start high school and again I was like that taught me how much I value community and I go that far back to how I started the okay days because I think it really connects it connects to my desire to connect with people and to talk about mental health and create that kind of community. Um, but the OK Days started two years ago. 
And it started as an Instagram account about yoga, because I am a yoga teacher, and I wanted to, you know, start a kind of platform like that. But it developed into more a mental health blog, a mental health platform. Um, at the beginning of quarantine, actually, when I discovered things about my own mental health, and I was like, I can't be the only one experiencing this. And when I start to share more and more and develop the okay days into more about okayness, it really grew from there. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, what year did you graduate high school in, in Brooklyn? I graduated high school in um, 2014. Okay. okay. Yep. And then, yeah. and then you went to what college? Boston University. So I stayed local and I studied journalism there. Um, and then I graduated in 2018. Awesome. And then you found a job or you didn't find a job? You traveled? What did you do? Found a job very much like wanted to get myself to New York and couldn't go to New York without a job. So I found a semi-journalism related job, which was a great launching off point um, to get me there. But I was only at that job for about nine months because around that time, I discovered that I was not meant to sit at a desk for eight hours a day, that I needed to be in a field that allowed me to interact with people and make eye contact and have conversations. So I decided to pursue yoga full time. I'd been teaching yoga on the side for about uh, a year at that point. And I was like, let me give this a try. And that was a big leap for me. But it led me to where I am today. I taught yoga full time. I worked my way up in studio management and studio leadership. I opened a yoga studio in New York. And then COVID happened and yeah. COVID changed what fitness looks like. And it had me reevaluate a lot of things like for so many people. Wow. Yeah. Yoga is an incredible practice. Um, mm-hmm. how, like, how did you get involved with that? Like what, what made you yeah. want to start doing yoga and how has it changed you as a person? Mm-hmm. I first found it at the beginning of college. I never grew up playing sports. I was actually like very bad at sports growing up. And it always made me feel like, what? Like, why can't I be good at sports? And then I found <laughs> yoga. Actually, a funny story. I was on the track team in high school for maybe a month. And then I specifically remember tripping, tripping on purpose and like sprained my ankle because I did not want to be, I did not, not a runner. But anyways, I discovered yoga um, in college and it was that mind body connection Mm -hmm. that made me fall in love with it. And once I discovered that I can get a great like physical workout and then feel better mentally, I was hooked. I haven't done any, like I like to bike now, but yoga is my form of exercise and I not, I haven't gone back since then. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's incredible. I started doing yoga when I was in college strictly for the idea to try to recover better because I played, I played baseball yeah. in college. Yeah. And so they had like this rec center as part of the university and they put on a few yoga classes like every morning. Mm-hmm. So I started going and the class was filled with probably women 60 and over. And and they're doing these things with their with their body, and I'm over here like barely being able to touch my toes. But like, and they're like looking at me struggle and like giving me some like sense of encouragement. And then Mm -hmm. you know by the end of my senior year, I was able to do the splits, which I feel like is a pretty good, good, it's pretty cool. Uh, But I've kind of lost some of that some of that yoga ness. Um, Mm. But it's a pretty it's a 
yeah, it's, I mean, just like anything else, right? If you, if you kind of stop doing it, you kind of lose it. Um, so is it something you do every single day or like, what's your, what's your routine? Yeah. So uh, after I found it and I, I practiced it all the time and that's uh, towards the end of college, I got certified in teaching it because I was like, wow, I, if I want to give others what yoga has given to me. Um, and uh, yeah, I practice at least five times a week. That's like my, my goal. And, you know, it's especially during quarantine, oh, so many things we've learned. Like I learned that I actually do like talking on the phone. And even though I thought I didn't like it, mm-hmm. I used to think I couldn't work out at home. I was like, I have to be in a studio. I need the heat. I need the students next to me. And it was hard, especially in like March, April, I really missed it. But now I've like created my own space at home and, you know, I'll wear extra layers to create my own heat. And I have figured out a routine here and I feel very grateful for yoga during, during this year, especially. Yeah. What would you say to someone who maybe is, um, you know, thinking about starting a yoga routine, you know, Mm -hmm. they've never been an athlete, they're not used Mm -hmm. to exercise, um, but they've read some stuff here and there throughout quarantine about, yeah. you know, mindfulness and being self-aware mm-hmm. and it kind of led them down as like a yoga path. Um, mm-hmm. what, would you, what would you say to that person to try to encourage them to maybe give it a try? I love that question. I would say to them to commit to try a little every day and to explore the different options. There are so many different kinds of yoga. So explore what works for you. I'm trained in power vinyasa. So that's like a powerful flow where we move breath to movement. Um, But there's different kinds of restorative yoga. There's yoga sculpts, which I love as well. And that's yoga with weights. There's yoga where you hold one pose for 20 minutes. There's yoga where you hold one pose for two minutes. Um, So yeah, I would say commit to a little bit every day because I think it takes 21 days to build a habit. So once you get into that routine, you'll start to really crave it, I think. And to, yeah, explore what works for you because there's a lot of different yoga out there. Mm. Yeah. Because I know you have, a, you have a newsletter with your, the OK Days and you do like some guided, you do some guided meditation stuff on there. Is there, mm-hmm. do you offer like a yoga practices or yoga tips or is that not something that you're... Mm. Yeah, so I used it used to be more yoga based when I started this platform, but now it's really moved into more like mental health and conversations and connection. Um, but yeah, I've been offering some meditations. I took a little pause on that once I started a new job that I started about a month ago. Um, but I'm actually getting certified in meditation in January. So once I get that going, I'm gonna continue to offer that. Mm. Well, congrats on the new job, um, whatever that whatever that is. Hopefully, it's something that you like. I love it. I do. I do. Good. I just started at a new um, yoga company. So I was at a different yoga company in New York. And now that I'm back and staying in Boston, um, I'm at Down Under School of Yoga, which is this really awesome um, yoga, Boston-based yoga company. And their mission is to create a home for students using this practice and I just joined them as a teacher and as well um, as their outreach director. So I get to support students and create community events. Um, it's been really awesome so far. Sounds perfect for you from, from yeah. what I know so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then, uh, yeah, so you got deep into yoga. You started the OK Days about two years yeah. ago. But it's really, during quarantine, it's really transformed into... Mm-hmm. Um, 
a mental health platform. Um, yeah. And so we talk about exactly, we'll talk about exactly what you do with it, but I, I want to have you kind of define what, what, like what being okay or more than okay oh. means to you. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day, like what an okay day is for me, since it's called the okay days. Um, and for me, okayness is being aware. Like I think when I'm okay I'm aware of what I'm doing so I'm not just like running through life and being in New York I was like all over the place and literally and mentally I guess too I just wasn't paying attention to anything and this year for so many of us we've had to slow down we've had to sit with a lot of uncomfortable things and okayness to me is being aware of how you're feeling maybe what triggers you and how you can support if you get upset about something or if you feel off and yeah, that's what being okay is to me and more than okay. And the idea of the spectrum that I talk about, like less than okay, okay, and more than okay. My hope is that makes it easier for people to talk about mental health, that it's okay to be less than okay. It's okay to just be okay. And it's also okay to be more than okay. Now I've said the word okay a lot in one sentence, but definitely it's, it's kind of the spectrum that I hope helps people um, be able to talk about mental health a little easier. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, because I, I think what's happening a lot right now is that we have like, mm -hmm. we're like, we're like, I mean, we judge ourselves a lot, but we're judging ourselves mm -hmm. like based on other people's pain, right? We're saying, mm -hmm. you know, because I think a lot of people, you know, there's a spectrum like you talk about of everything. Some people have had a great yeah. eight months, like, I just went to this cabin in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, where it's like this nature reserve. They have a few cabins and their sales are up 126%. Oh my God. Right. So, so for them personally, they're not happy that people are dying, right? They're not happy that there's a virus, right? That aside, but they're having the best financial year of their lives. Wow. Right. And so if I were to talk to them, I guarantee you, they'd be like, They'd be like a little feeling a little guilty about it, right? Because mm. other people are deeply suffering. And so yeah. what like so people think there's like this like threshold of pain. I have to be in this yeah. certain amount of pain to Ooh. to ask for help. And so well, I mean, what do you say to those people? It's like, yeah. you know, because no one ever tells you like if I say I'm having a happy day, like I'm having a great day. I'm more than okay mm. today, right? No one will ever mm. tell you. Well, John over there is, is happier than you. No one's ever going to say that. But if some, but but if I say I'm having a bad day, everyone is telling me that Fred is having a worse day than me. Mm. But it's all on the same scale because there's no threshold. There's no there's yeah. like a hierarchy of like pain and whatever. So I, I don't know if there's a question yeah. in there, but I know you. I'm sure you have some <laughs> thoughts on it. <laughs> oh, I do. Um, I saw a quote, and the quote was. You don't have to be at your lowest to ask for help. Mm. Um, and I love that because I, when I first found like therapy and talking to a therapist, not when I was at my lowest, at a, at a point where I was just like a little confused. It was like my first year in New York. I just graduated college. I didn't understand how to like make friends when you're not in college anymore and in a new big city. Um, so yeah, it was not the, I was, when I first found therapy, I was not at my lowest. I was, confused and something felt off but I think it's so important to remember that you don't have to be at your lowest to ask for help and 
therapy is also just a place to like talk to someone who is not your friend and not your parent. So they just are like this um, object, like um, objective person who can just listen and be like a place for you to put things um, like emotional things. And yeah, that's my first thought is that like that quote really helps me that you don't have to be at your lowest to ask for help. And I think a lot of people think that they do that, that they're like, Ooh, I feel anxious this year. I'm worried about what's going to happen, but I still have my job and a lot of people are losing their job. So I I'm fine. I don't need to talk about it. Um, and that's not good. Like we gotta, we gotta start having people talk when they're okay. Where, and then when they're less than okay, it's, we gotta get people talking now. And yeah, I think that is how we help reduce the stigma around mental health for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, was there like someone in your life or something you saw maybe on social that you thought to go see a therapist or was that like your own inclination? Mm-hmm. Um, because usually it takes a little bit more than that to go yeah. see a therapist, right? Um, Definitely. so, um, yeah, cause generally, like you said, we're going to, we're going to a therapist when we're in crisis, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, Definitely. cause some, yeah, I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't that way, right? Everyone needs a safe space. I know. A, a vacuum of, in a sense to just have conversation. Like that's not with people who know you and see you every day. Just hear mm-hmm. my thoughts. No one's going to judge you. Definitely. I might give you some tools, some tips, some resources on how to manage mm-hmm. it and cope with it better. But anyways, going to see a therapist yeah. is cool and it's awesome. If you do it, you should, if you don't, you should try it anyways. But what, I mean, what led you to that? Mm-hmm. Um, so actually I was pretty resistant at first. So this is like maybe two and a half years ago now. I remember it was, I was again, confused and lost figuratively and literally in New York. And my roommate was like, Oh, what if you tried talking to a therapist? I was like, no, like I, I remember thinking, I'm not, I don't feel that bad. That's, that's, I remember was my first thought. I don't feel that bad. I actually, it was a journey and I first actually found meditation then. So I was like, let me try like meditating. Maybe that'll be my form of therapy. And it was wonderful. And I found such a great meditation community and company in New York. Um, and that had been my therapy for a good amount of time. But then I was like, you know, meditation's great, but no one's um, like talking back at me. Like it's not, it's not like a two-way conversation. Um, and after my roommate talked to me about it, meditation was helpful but something was still missing that's that was the the final push to to talk to someone but yeah it was not instant now that I'm thinking back to it it was not instant at all yeah yeah because you needed that little push but you mean you said it right off the jump Mm -hmm. right I'm not I didn't feel that bad so I didn't need to feel that bad I was feeling fine you know ish fine ish exactly fine ish Uh. and I remember also when I stopped talking to this particular therapist I was feeling better I was like yeah like I feel so much better like I'm in my groove in New York um which also it's great to talk to a therapist even when when you're in your groove and you're feeling better um because this kind of work is like a lifelong commitment um for sure but I remember not stopped I stopped talking to her life was going on and then again COVID happened and when COVID happened I was like oh yeah I want to talk to a therapist again um but I think that first find of one, that first time that I that I thought about it, I was hesitant for a little. After that, when I when I said, "Hey, this year I think I need to talk to one again," 
that was easier because I had already experienced it and yeah. I had missed it for mm. sure. Yeah. How, um, how difficult was it for you to start meditating? Because for me, when I started just sitting in my room alone with my thoughts for 30 seconds was like, mm, okay. Oh I was oh like, this, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot happening here. Um, yeah. You know, and then one minute passes and you get to two minutes, you get to four minutes, mm -hmm. you get to five minutes and like, mm -hmm. and then you reach kind of this state of, I don't know what, you know whatever euphoria or whatever you want yeah. to call it and it feels like pretty incredible but then the thing is you try to like you try to like bring that thing back but in meditation they really tell you just to kind of let it be and let it flow so you're not trying to bring it it's very hard because you want to feel that so always but how how hard was it for you to start meditating and just like being alone with your thoughts for for even a brief moment yeah very hard I, it was like yoga it was like a practice that i had to build and develop like anything else and at first, I thought it was actually impossible because I am a very energetic person. I'm always on the go. And I was like, someone's asking me to sit still and just like breathe. That, that was really hard for me. Once I got over the like, ooh, this is painful. And I realized that it helped me slow down. Um, that's when I started to really, really fall in love with it. That I got to like spend some time and go inward. I had already like had my like yoga practice had been developed by then I was like oh this is like yoga but I'm not moving my body mm. I'm just sitting and I'm in stillness but I loved the connection between the two so eventually it started to come a little more naturally to me just because of my yoga background but it did not happen overnight for sure mm, yeah you were you were a little more in tune with your body and your mind at that mm. point because of yoga yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good recommendation for really for anyone that's listening. Like if you're trying to get into mm -hmm. meditation, maybe start with yoga because it allows for a little bit of movement of the body, movement. Mm -hmm. um, which helps you kind of ease what's going on in your mind. And there's obviously physical and mental benefits that all are interlinked and connected. Um, exactly. And so that's important too. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the thing about meditation too. It's, you know, it's, not supposed to be easy you're like sitting there for I like to I meditate every day for at least 10 minutes on a good day if I have more time I'll like go a little higher um but it really just I see it like rippling into the rest of like my day and into my life too like if I'm stressed out at work like I'll take my three deep breaths and like come back to it but you know it's not supposed to be easy but it it's just a mirror of like life too that in life, we got to sit with uncomfortable things. And in meditation, you're literally sitting with maybe some discomfort. And it, it, you're retraining your brain. You're retraining your brain to, to sit with the silence, to sit with the stillness. And my meditations are not like perfect, smooth sailing. My mind doesn't wander at all. But that's when you come to terms with the fact that meditation is, is not going to be perfect all the time, you're meditating because you have to bring your brain back to your breath and that is meditating yeah you said it i mean brilliantly right in life we have to sit with uncomfortable things mm -hmm. and so in that same regard how important do you think pain is as a mm. uh as a um like a mover of people to grow and change do you think it's Ooh. You think it's the only kind of thing that'll move someone to change? Um, mm. Or, I mean, Ooh. yeah. 
So we, we can go on that for a bit. That's a good question. I think a lot about if COVID didn't happen, if 2020 was just another year, um, I would not have moved back to Boston. I would have <laughs> stayed in New York. Um, I would have stayed at the company I was at and I might have never left it. Um, and I actually am also like, I'm looking now into grad school opportunities for 2021. If this hadn't happened, probably wouldn't have taken the leap into grad school. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I, I think a lot about how the pain of this year has like forced me to grow and not just me, so many of us, it's forced us to grow. And I um, have also like always defined myself as a positive person. Like I've defined myself as that and people who meet me are like, oh, you're just so positive. So it's been a thing for a while. And so this year when I was like, what the hell does it mean to be positive when there's so much bad stuff that keeps happening? So this year I've like redefined myself as a resilient person mm. rather than a positive person because <sighs> resiliency is, you know, seeing the good in the bad, but also acknowledging the bad and, and growing from it and, and bouncing back. And I can say it's December 4th where we're entering 2021 soon and bouncing back for sure <laughs> yes i mean this episode will come out this will be the first episode that i drop in 2021 oh great so <laughs> yes so it'll be perfect people will hear this they'll be hopping on those new year's resolutions they'll be crushing it yeah. just getting after it um exactly. but yeah i'm like i mean i mean for me personally in my life mm -hmm. like pain yeah. and and like tragic event was like mm -hmm. the whole reason for everything and so like my big message is like, let's not wait for that to happen. Mm, let's yeah. not, let's not wait for you to get in a car accident and to like see your life flash before your eyes, before you realize what's important. You know, let's Dude, not yeah. wait for my father to die of cancer before I tell my parents I love him. You know, oh let's, yeah. you know, let's not wait for a global pandemic to start taking care of our mental, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. But but I, I mean, and, and then in the same regard, I feel like a hypocrite for saying that, right? Because I didn't change until I lost, you know, someone I loved. And mm -hmm. so yeah. does, it really, does it really hold any weight when I say that? Does it have any, like, and so there's a lot of things that I contemplate, you know, in, these, mm. in this kind of situation where I'm like, I feel like I'm telling people what to do when it's not, that's not the case. Like, I'm just like, this is what I know mm. and I'm in it right. and I'm feeling it. Um, I don't want you to feel this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But then on the, in this, in like in the same sentence, pain and loss and grief is inevitable. Like it's going to happen no matter how prepared you are for it or not. And it's very yeah. unexpected in times. Um, and so really it's just like, yeah, it's like basically kind of just trying to develop a toolkit, you know, of, exactly. of, you know, so if you, exactly. oh, that's a good, that's a good question. I didn't even, it's funny because you, <laughs> you sent me all the questions you were going to ask me for our Instagram yeah. chat. And, uh, yeah. I didn't, I don't have questions prepared because I just like knew this conversation was going to run its course and be really good. I love it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm pretty good with like, you know, going with the flow and coming up with questions mm -hmm. uh, for the conversation. I actually realized that before I logged on, I was like, oh my God, wait, he didn't send me any questions. But we're doing great. So it's definitely just flowing along. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll never ask you anything that you don't know. You don't know. I mean, you know a lot about mental health and you know yourself. So, yeah. right? So that's all <laughs> that you need to know. That is true. That is true. And, you know, studying journalism, like, 
I like to think like, well, no, I, I do not use it directly right now because I am not a journalist, but I love the fact that I have a degree in it and that I studied it um, because I see myself using it every day in different unique, unique ways, like having a conversation and knowing how to ask questions. <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, that's what you're doing now. You're having very profound conversations. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, if you um, were trying to help someone develop a, like a mental health mm -hmm. toolkit, you know, what would you, what would you try to put in that box? You know, oh for God. the, mm -hmm. for the eventual preparedness for a crisis that comes their way. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was thinking about this too. And, you know, I didn't come up yeah. with like a super concrete answer, but maybe we can get, hit back and forth with some ideas. Yeah. A toolkit. Mm. Hmm. I think that I would start by like asking this person to ask themselves questions first, mm. like what makes them feel good? Is mm. it moving your body or is it stillness? Is it a little bit of both? Because um, I would like, what makes you feel good? And like for me in my toolkit, I have yoga, I have meditation. I have um, this actually a new one this year is reading like a very good novel, like a novel that allows you to just get lost in that story. And um, I actually saw this like study that showed that like readers and people who read books it like, it doesn't cure loneliness, but if you're feeling lonely and you read a good book, it can, it can really like help those feelings. And, and I love that. So I have reading a good book in my toolkit and how I like even came off of this toolkit was just figuring out what like feels good and being aware of what I feel okay. Like I feel okay when I'm taking a walk outside. When I don't feel good, I'm going to take a walk outside. And where are you actually tuning in from? Are you in Texas? Did I yeah, I live, on Instagram? yeah, I live in Dallas. Okay, see, this is different because is it nice weather in Dallas all year round or did I make that up? Yeah, for the most part, like we'll hit like maybe maybe low 30s, like 40s okay. at night okay. sometimes, but most of the time, no, it's very nice. And the reason I ask is so I'm in Boston and I'm nervous for this winter because I love to walk and I'm not trying to walk when it's snowing outside. But anyways, getting outside, moving my body, like that feels good. So yeah, just ask yourself questions of when you feel your best. Um, one of my best friends, her name is Tiffany. I always feel better after I talk to her. She's in my toolkit, like give her a call. So yeah, definitely like just ask yourself, when do you feel okay? And that's your toolkit. That's perfect. Like I, yeah, like, I, yeah. So cause like, <laughs> no, it's like so important to like know mm -hmm. It's not only important to know what works for you, but it's super important to know what doesn't work. Oh my God, yeah. Because like, mm -hmm. there's so much good information on social media, but it's very general. It's very general and oh, yeah. for like mass mm -hmm. people. And so mm -hmm. if, you, if, you do, if you do hit a crisis and you don't have like a toolkit prepared and you see all these general things on social mm -hmm. and half of them don't work for you, you're gonna feel even worse than you did before because you're gonna feel discouraged mm -hmm. that the shit that you saw on social was crap and it didn't fucking work yeah. for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, oh, so just like you said, like being aware and knowing just like in advance, like a little bit of what kind of you like and what makes you feel good. You know, hundred percent. Because we do, you know, we um, do it. Yeah. Go, go ahead. No, you're up. It's you. You're up. Because <laughs> um, if you're doing things that you just see on Instagram that are working for other people and it doesn't work for you, you're like, well, why is it working for them and it's not working for me? And like, I'm a big like 
promoter of yoga and meditation, but I'm also well aware that that is not for everyone. Mm. Um, there are other ways to move your body and there's other ways to feel good. That's what works for me. Um, but that was from like figuring, figuring it out, figuring out that sports were not, was not for me, but yoga is, it, it, it's, it's a personal journey. And sadly, no one will tell you what works for you, except for you. It's, I think coming to terms with the fact that like you have to figure out things for yourself and you have your friends and you have your family of people that love you, but at the end of the day, it's your life and, and what choices are you going to make? You're hundred percent right. <laughs> you know, we, uh, like if we go to see a movie, right at the end of the movie, we mm-hmm. always critique that movie. Do we like it? Well, we didn't yeah. like about it. Mm-hmm. Why don't, why don't we do that with like our relationships or yeah. you know, the things that we do or what makes us happy? Yeah. Like, you know, why aren't we asking ourselves those questions to kind of get to know ourselves a little bit better, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. it can be very daunting. Sometimes we put on like this mask for so long that we don't really know, you know, what we yeah. do or don't like. And so we got to kind of peel those layers back. And uh, Definitely. it all takes time. Like all of this stuff is effort and time and it's really hard. Um, yeah. And no, even the people you see on Instagram with, you know, 700 million followers who talk about, oh who talk about gratitude every day, they're not doing they don't have every practice down perfectly. You know, the human, mm-hmm. the human uh, experience is very troubling and hard and no one's doing oh it. perfectly. Gosh. And that's what makes mm-hmm. it beautiful. That's what makes it perfect because no one is doing it perfectly. Exactly. Um, that's interesting. You say that about Instagram. I, I mean, we both have platforms on Instagram and I find Instagram hard. Like I, um, when I first created this account, when it was more about yoga, two years ago, I, my initial like spark to creating it was, um, it was like the end of 2018. And a lot of my friends were like, my new year's resolution is to cut out Instagram. I'm off social media. I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. And I was like, Oh, like I would add like, why? Like, like that's such a good point. Like, but like, that's so sad that Instagram was causing that much pain that people were cutting it out. So I was like, what if we viewed Instagram as this powerful tool that allows you to connect with people, but it just depends on who, what you fill your feed with. So like, as long as you're following people that inspire you and uplift you and don't make you feel worse, then Instagram can be a very awesome tool. I would have never connected with you if there, there wasn't this app called Instagram, but I just am trying to be aware of who I follow and like what I fill my feed with. So I wanted to be one of the accounts that didn't make people feel bad when they go on Instagram. So that's actually how my Instagram account really, really started. Um, and, and of course it grew from there. Super cool. Yeah, no, your, your account is great. And uh, it's nice to see it on, on a feed, right? But you touched on something that's really important. Like we have full control over what we consume on social media. Yeah. Well, not mm-hmm. full control. Like I would say like right. 80%, totally right? Yeah, we follow who we want. Sometimes the 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 plat the platform the app. I was gonna say app and platform at the same time. Anyways, the um the platform will put stuff on there like ads and stuff and random yeah. things that we don't want to see. But that's just part of the part yeah. of the deal. But for the most part, for the most part, we control what we consume, and I think that's important. Exactly. Um, exactly. what kind of uh? Yeah. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say unfollow people like like be take the power and don't feel bad about it unfollow people and yeah fill fill your feed with who you want there's there's no shame in that for sure yeah we we talk about creating boundaries in real life you can create boundaries on social media as well Mm -hmm. definitely um 
Is there uh, is there a, some accounts on Instagram that you really like that you'd recommend people to follow? Ooh, oh my gosh. So I try to be very aware of this time I spend on Instagram, especially having like a brand and a blog. I, I really try to not be on it for eight hours a day. Um, but I have just, the, the accounts I love are, are actually these accounts that my friends have started during the pandemic to, to promote what they're doing and sharing and seeing, seeing everyone do things this year has been like the best part of this year. And that's kind of why I started my segment more than okay moments that I interviewed you for, because in March I was like, wow, people are, using this time to like chase passion and, and do really awesome things. So like I, I saw this guy who I used to, who I, who went to college with me, he started a clothing brand about to talk about mental health. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. It's called basic emotion. Um, I have their hat. It's hanging off in my closet. Um, I have different friends who started Instagram accounts to talk about starting their own yoga business. And that has been super inspiring to watch and like cheer them on. Um, so right now I'm not even thinking of specific Instagram accounts off the top of my head, but it's just been so cool to see people do what they love for sure. Yeah. Okay. Hold that thought. I need to take my sweatshirt off. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm getting hot too. <laughs> Okay, we're back with my sweet camo shirt. We're back. <laughs> I can't decide if I want to do a line of uh, of camo tees, because um, mm. I I call my I call my house everybody's land, because um, mm. my my catchphrase as a pro wrestler is Jackson Stone everybody. Um, oh, that's why this podcast yeah. is called Jackson Talks Everybody. Oh, okay. And then yeah, <laughs> and then I got yeah, and then I got a clothing brand called For Everybody. So I'm just trying to brand the idea of everybody, right? It's whole part I like of that. Yeah, it's part of the idea of just connection and you know community and all that stuff. But I've never been like a I've never been a camo guy, but I kind of I kind of think oh. that's cool, you know. Yeah, um, very cool. Yeah. You know, I live in Texas, so I guess I gotta kind of represent that idea of hunting. Yeah. But it's never been my vibe. Like I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like guns at all. They guns are scary and they scare me. But and I don't really like hunting. And, but anyways, okay. I'm, super I'm, off topic. <laughs> you never been? I've never been. No, all I know about Texas is that show about football players. Oh my God, I don't know. Oh, um, Friday, Friday night. night. Yeah. Is that Texas? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a very small town in Texas called Odessa. That's what I think of. That is the extent of my knowledge. Have you ever been to Boston? Yeah, many times. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived in um, I lived in Philadelphia for two years. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then we uh, I wrestled in Boston, Connecticut. Oh. Rhode Island, uh, like a bunch yeah. of times. Um, and then I, I dated a girl a while ago that lived in Boston too. So oh, it's a good city. It's a very cool city. Very fun city. Um, very fun. Um, let's bring it like what were we talking about before I took off my sweatshirt and talked about camo. Oh, your friends on Instagram. Oh, my friends on Instagram. Um, no, that's, that's mad inspiring. Um, I feel mm -hmm. the same way. Like you just see so many, especially like young people. And I say young, like yeah. under, under 30, I think is young. Yeah. I think really, Age is only a number. I think everyone's young if you feel that I, mind frame. Um, I agree. I've always been the youngest. Like, I, my parents, okay, I blame my parents. I, my parents put me in kindergarten at four. 
and turned five. Mm. But really, I my birthday is in October, so I literally turned five a month after in kindergarten. But ever since then, I started high school at 13 instead of 14. I started college at 17 instead of 18. So like I've always been younger. I think it's one of my, the hardest was like when everyone was getting their license and I couldn't drive and then everyone could drink alcohol legally and I couldn't drink alcohol legally. Those are the two ages, but now I'm 24 and I am still like, I've always been the youngest at work since I've entered like the, the career field. I've always been the youngest at work and age is just a number. It's how you present yourself. It's how you carry yourself. Um, I don't think like maturity and age always go hand in hand. Like I've always considered myself very mature for my age. Um, but yeah, it's, it's how you present yourself. It's how you carry yourself. Sure. Absolutely. I don't know how we got on the topic of age, but well, anyway. yeah, just because we I talked about young people, you know how inspiring <laughs> young people can be, and I don't like I don't I don't want to put like an age bracket around what I consider a young person. Oh yeah. Um, Definitely. you know, because there's like these there's like these two young kids who are in high school who created this app mm. who created this app called the Not Okay app. Oh my god! And I basically, it's an app. And it, you press a button, and it's like a crisis app. So, it, boom, it connects you to someone right away. Um, and these oh two God. young, these two young kids, I don't know where they're from, um, but they're brilliant, obviously. Um, wow. Yeah. So check it out. It's it's really cool. Um, oh yeah. They won a, a few awards for like mental health apps and stuff. But uh, yeah. <clears throat> oh my God, that's really awesome. Yeah. So yeah, people are inspiring, and like I feel like the younger generation like wants to. We want to see change, whether it's like in mental health or with like inequality yeah. or like, you know, um, you know, all these yeah. things that are happening right now with like being more diverse and inclusive and, yeah. you know, all these things that are super important um, mm -hmm. uh, that we're just like introducing to the older generation to try to get them to understand yeah. and be a little more empathetic to like people who feel a different way, who want to be use these pronouns or this, or want to be considered this gender, yeah. you know, or want to be non-binary, you know, it's mm -hmm. just, it's it's challenging, right? To to change what mm -hmm. you see. Like if you see someone, it's hard to like, you know, describe them in a different way than the way they feel inside. But as long as you're mm -hmm. trying, I think that's really that's all that matters. 100%. You know what I love too is how young people are starting to talk about mental health now. Like my um I have a cousin who's 12 and he is meditating. And I'm like, if I meditated at 12 that's amazing. Yeah, let's start them young. Because then like, there will be like, all this is normal, like, we just got to normalize it. And we start we start them young, talking to a therapist or talking about their feelings. And I, I you know, I read this, um, like, what was it? I read it maybe an Instagram post or a newsletter that I've subscribed to about how from a young age, like when we are babies, we are like taught not to cry. Like babies, when you cry, you like, what is it cradle them you give them a bottle like I was like blown away by that and then you're an adult and you feel upset and you're like it's like the world is telling you to just be okay and that's just kind of how it started from when we were infants but if we can mm -hmm. get young people like younger than me and you too just like talking and meditating and supporting their mental health I feel good about the future <laughs> for sure yeah yeah, you're 100% right. I'm pretty optimistic about about the future. Mm -hmm. uh, you said you said something uh, interesting earlier that I want to kind of bring back about being yeah. a positive person. Oh, yeah. Um, so do people 
since people consider you a positive person before you kind of reframe that into being more resilient, optimistic, which I think is Mm -hmm. two words that are really important. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people that um, are considered positive, like people Mm -hmm. see them as like nothing ever bad happens to them. Yeah. Right. Did you you ever, do you ever feel that way? Or like, did that, Mm -hmm. that kind of like pushed upon you as like, you know, people like, oh, she's, she probably never has a bad day. She's always positive. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that I was happy all the time. That, like, if something bad happened, I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. Like, I'm learning from this and I'm growing. For, or, like, they, people really just thought I was happy all the time, I think. I also don't want, like, that's what how I felt that people viewed me, that they thought I was happy all the time. Um, but, yeah, I'm, you know, the term toxic positivity has been thrown around a lot this year, I think. Um, this idea that like bad stuff is happening and you're like ignoring it. And I have never felt that I'm so positive that I'm ignoring bad things that are going on. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I think people think positive people never get upset and that is so not true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone, everyone does. Everyone has bad days, good days, mm-hmm. okay days, you know, mm-hmm. um, whatever the case exactly. may be. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'm like fully into like the toxic positivity thing. Like I, I obviously I understand it and I get it and it makes yeah. total sense, but there's generally not enough kindness or positivity in general. Mm. And so how are we going to, how are we going to put this like really bad word in front of something that we need a little yeah. bit more of? I don't know. I contemplate it a lot because I get it. Like we, we need to feel the bad days. We need to feel them. Like we need to feel them all. Yeah. Like the bad days are just important. We got to lean into that uncomfort, uncomfortable, yeah. uncomfortability. We got to lean into mm-hmm. that to allow for the the good to come out of it. Yeah. But then it's like, I don't know. So I, I have a, you know, I, yeah. I think about it a lot. I just, you know, stuff like that goes that. through my head. Yeah. No, I yeah. like that. And yeah, it's just how do you come, come out of bad situations on the other side? I've had many moments this year where I'm like, oh, can't wait to just think back to 2020 and be like, oh, that's why all that shit had to happen. Or like, oh yeah, like look how far I've grown. So I think about that a lot. I'm like, I can't wait till this year makes sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just how, how do we become resilient? And, you know, COVID is hard and it's bad. And that's just part of life. It's unfortunate that it's like, it has a name to it. It's a virus, it's a global pandemic, but you know, this is such a part of life life is not going to be perfect unfortunately it's not it's not <laughs> it definitely will not be um no. <laughs> so let's um let's dive into a little bit more about some of these conversations that you've been having mm-hmm. um and for me personally in my head conversations really are the um are the key to everything mm. like they're the key yeah. to um not understanding each other they're the key to mm-hmm. racial injustice they're the key to understanding people and where they come from um and the conversations aren't supposed to be easy and they're not supposed to be comfortable right um yeah so talk about True. like why you wanted to start just having conversations with people mm-hmm. yeah so great question that is my goal like that is like the the mission of the OK Days is to change the way we talk about mental health. I'm like a big believer that to remove this stigma around talking about mental health is, is making it easier to talk about, to get people sharing and 
people like me and you who share stories personal like on this like a platform like Instagram I, I had this conversation another more than okay moments guest and he's this LA-based musician and he's making music dedicated to a friend that he lost and, and dedicated to his own mental health journey and I asked him um what's like one piece of advice you would give for someone who's struggling to talk about mental health and his uh, what he said really stuck with me and he said to remember that it's it's not easy that like you see people who are sharing and you might think oh wow like like Aaron can like talk about it so easily or like Eden can talk about it so easily um I wish I could do that but if you remember that it like takes it takes effort and courage and vulnerability and bravery to do it um I think that's that's kind of how how we can remove the stigma around mental health and I really just think vulnerability multiplies vulnerability. So if I'm sharing, hopefully someone will feel comfortable to share back with me. Um, so that that's why I wanted to start this whole like chain and of and series of conversations because that's where it starts, I think. <clears throat> You're so right. You're so right. Um, how uh, easy or hard has it been to like find guests? Like, um, mm. So for me, like, because yeah. like our platforms, you know, just to be honest, are not, we're not huge platforms, right? We try our best, yeah. right? hopefully mm -hmm. they're going to grow in a natural organic way. Yeah. If, if they don't, whatever, because people view your stuff and they view my stuff. And I know that at least one person who's going to listen to this conversation between us, at least one is going to be inspired and feel more connected and loved. And that's all there is to it. Who cares? Everything else doesn't matter. But in the same vein, it's kind of hard to get like, cool interesting insightful guests because a lot of people kind of get a lot of dms and, and things of that nature um mm. so what's kind of been your process of like trying to find a guest who suits yeah. the mission you have yeah so it actually it started with some friends so at the beginning uh, my first guest was one of my um, best friends um her boyfriend so it was, his, it was her boyfriend he was my first guest and um, he is training for an Ironman competition while raising money um, for mental health. And I just loved that it was like this intensely, like what you do, intensely physical competition, like physical thing, but also was talking about like what's going on up here. Um, yeah. So, and I, the way I found him was we were friends. Um, so it started like that. And then I started like paying even more attention to who I follow on Instagram. And I was like, ooh this person's doing this awesome thing. It's actually just grown very, like my finding guests has really just grown organically where I just, I've had people not answer me when I've asked them to be guests, but maybe like like 92% of the time, people are like, yes, that is awesome. Like I want to be a part of what you're doing. So actually like um, finding guests I've have found has been way easier than like gaining followers, if that makes sense. Mm. Like I found it much easier to um, like, and I think that's because it's like, I'm connecting with a real human being, like a real person. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, it started as friends and it's just grown um, into different people that I've just like found on Instagram. Like, I think I found your Instagram through like the, uh, somehow like a hashtag mental health advocate. Like, I think that's actually how I found your profile. And I also was like, don't be nervous to just reach out to a stranger. Like worst thing is he says no. Right. So, yeah, I've just been like ripped the bandaid off. And I was like, oh, if this person says no, it's not the end of the world. Just like, I can't get nervous. You just got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now look at us, you know. Here we are. Yeah. Having nice conversations. Um, 
No, that's that's good. Like, but you're the the email that you sent out for like to get guests is like super professional. It's like very well done. And so mm, thank you. Like when people read that, they're probably like, oh yeah, this is and then like legit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for real though. And then you're also reaching out to people who you think are like minded with you. Yeah. So they're gonna like respect exactly. and see what you say and be like, uh, for sure. Like the yeah, you know. That's what I thought at least. I was like, yeah, why would I not do this? Um, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, because I, I, I found your profile because I, you were wearing um, uh, that there's a company called Make Sure Your Friends Are Okay. Oh, love them. Shout out to them. Yeah, and you were, I think you were wearing one of their shirts and I was on their page and I mm -hmm. saw it. I just liked it. And, yes. And then you liked mine and then I think we followed each other back or whatever the case may be. But I, I think that's, that's what it was. I love that brand. The, LA musician I was referring to, he is friends with the founder of that brand. Um, and his music, he called his like album, Make Sure Your Friends Are Okay. His name um, is James, his name like, is James, isn't it? His name is James? Oh, yes, James Quick. Shout yeah. out to him as well. <laughs> he he's awesome. I listened to his Wonderful. music quite a bit. Um yeah, I was gonna reach out to him on Instagram too to see if he would have a combo with me because uh, I've seen all that stuff. You should. And you know, that was a funny moment because it was the first time I was like, this guy is not going to answer me. I like, I think I, I emailed him and then his assistant answered me and I was like, whoa, this is cool. But yeah, he didn't, it wasn't even him that answered me right away. It was his assistant. His assistant coordinated it. Uh, it was, I don't have an assistant, but Man, cool. I don't have one either. I just, everything is by me, done by me. Um, <laughs> That's cool though. Yeah. I mean, I knew he was like mad cool and like super fish, but I didn't know he had an assistant. Yeah. And I think it, I, I gather that his assistant is one of his close like friends, but it was, it, it was still really cool. And, you know, definitely invite him on to have a conversation because he, what he did so well is he opened up so beautifully, like he shared his own story. And I just really appreciate it when like people are getting as vulnerable as I'm getting like in a conversation because it just makes it 10 times better for sure. Absolutely does for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, has there um, over all the all the out of all the conversations that you've had, has there been, yeah. you know, I know you talked about the thing that stuck out with you and James's conversation. Yeah. Has there been any other combos that have like, you know, specific things have really stuck out in your mind as something that you'd mm. like to share, or something that yeah. you may have not have thought of, but someone brought up, and now your kind of perspective has been tweaked a little bit and changed. Yeah. Um, but anything like that you want to share about some of those conversations? I mean, you were one of my favorite guests. I loved our conversation. I mean, we had technical difficulties, but a lot. We did. We Instagram. did. Instagram is unreliable. Um, but <laughs> our, conver our conversation as well. You know, the advice that James gave, that really stuck with me about like what you would say to someone who's struggling to talk about their mental health. I also talked to, have you heard of the company When the Music Stops? Yes. You would like, Yeah. So I interviewed um, the founder of that um, company and we had a, a marvelous conversation. One of my favorite ones as well. And now that I'm like listening off the ones that I've been like, um, that have really stuck in my mind, it's the conversation where my guest really opens up. Like mm -hmm. you and when, um, when like the guy from when the music stops um, and James, like y'all were the ones that really, really opened up and um, and now that I say it, I just listed off three men too. Like, and usually it's, you know, it, you know, I mean, maybe we can talk more about this as well as someone who is not a man, but I know that, you know, men's mental health, I feel very passionate about it just because I have had 
uh, guy friends who have um, really struggled with mental health and it's, it's hard for us, for us all, but you know, the way society is that, you know, like it, again, I don't want to speak for someone who is not a man, but like, I don't know, there's just, I'm wondering for you, do you find it harder to talk about your feelings because of the way the world is? hundred percent. Yeah. So like I've been in sports my whole life, right. I played at a, a very high level baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, and now I'm a pro wrestler, right. So that's like, mm-hmm supposed to be like a really tough job or whatever you want to call it and so Mm -hmm. my previous professional wrestling character um was like this fake movie star named lights camera jackson um yeah and so like that was cool because i was like just pretending so like i you know whatever so all the stuff i posted on social was like a bunch of pretend bullshit and like curated content Mm -hmm. um but now since i'm on this like journey of what i'm on um all the wrestling fans who follow me see me post all the stuff that i post about you know mental health and emotions and mindfulness and self-aware and all these things that are super important and so when i first started doing that i got loads of messages from wrestling promoters people that were booking me saying hey man like i don't know if you should be posting this stuff because you know you're supposed to be like this tough wrestler and it doesn't look good oh my god and i'm like you know, to be honest, I, I think this makes me look even more tough. Um, yeah. Oh my God. You know, and so there's definitely it, in like it's in sports. It's it's in sports so heavy, right? Like it's mm-hmm. the grind. You know, be in the trenches. Like throw some dirt on it. You know, man up. Whatever those yeah. like ick, the super icky sayings are. Um, mm-hmm. But being in it for so long and like being in it now still, like you can see the transition that we're making as a culture. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you see these like high profile athletes, like talking about their struggles and saying they're going to a therapist. Um, And if you're you're just speaking in like a, an athletic performance sense, if you're not taking care of your mental, you're not going to reach elite status. And that can be said with, with anyone as a human being, like elite status basically just means you're happy and you're fulfilled, you know, and that's all that we want. And so if we're not taking Mm -hmm. care of our mental, then there's no chance of that ever happening. And so I think exactly. that's, finally, that's finally starting to happen in sports. Um, and, yeah. you know, I can't speak for every single male in the whole world, but I right. hope that, you know, <laughs> but I hope, they, I hope they do talk about, you know, how they feel and, and ask for help when they need it yeah. and take a rest day mm-hmm. if they can. And, you know, because we exactly. always you know, we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, just everyone in general, mm-hmm. men, women alike, which like, we got to get it done. We got to do this for this person. And, you know, but we can't yeah. be, uh, we can't be anything to anyone unless we're something to ourselves first. So. Yes. And I, I love that the three conversations that stuck out to me were conversations that I had with men on this platform. I had a, a phase of wanting to go back to school to become a therapist. It has evolved into now more like the, I'm very passionate with the business side of mental health. We can talk about that as well. But back to this too, when I had that phase of like, oh, I could see myself becoming a therapist. I really had this like desire to like specialize in men's mental health. I felt very drawn to it. I felt very like, like passionate about it. And yeah, I just, again, like we tell boys to just not talk about things that suck. And you know, that's so not fair. Like men, women, we, we're all humans and we all have emotions and 
men should be able to talk about this stuff just as much as it's okay for women to talk about it too. Right. Yeah. And on the same, on the same subject, we always say that women who talk about their feelings are like too emotional. They're too oh. much. They're too much. Like, Oh, oh shut, shut the yeah. fuck up. Like, just like, if you were actually listening, yeah. you're actually listening to what she said and like, just yeah. like being there and like responding just a little bit more kinder with what she was trying to say that she wouldn't be too much. She'd be saying just the right thing for you to understand what she needs. And so it's both. It's like two opposite sides of the spectrum, right? True. There's stereotypes. And I've gotten um, too sensitive before. And I hate that because I think my, I am a sensitive person and I think that's my freaking superpower. I'm a sensitive person and that means I'm nice. Like I am nice to people and, yeah, I have definitely gotten too sensitive before, and no, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, if you're nice, be nice. If you're kind, stay kind. It matters. Yeah. It means something, you know. So exactly. Can you imagine the world we live we would live in if everyone was just like nice to each other? Like one, like just one percent nicer. Like one percent. It'd be wild. Everything would be fine. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So you have, you created this platform. You're having these beautiful conversations, you're diving into mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. Where do you see this platform going? Like, where do you want to take it? Um, You know, it's, I I think about goals a lot because it's like, it's hard to, Mm -hmm, it's hard to like really say, I want to be here in this amount of time Mm -hmm. because so many different things are going to happen, you know? Right. And so you, I think mm-hmm. you can have an intention. It's, it's good to have an intention of like where you want to yeah. go. And I think yeah. smaller goals are way more important than like this like far out goal that, you know, that mm-hmm. could be not what you want in five years when you, when you thought you were going to get there. But the little mm-hmm. goals are more important. But that's a tangent. Yeah. Anyways, where do, yeah. you, where do you see yourself? It doesn't have to be in five years. It could be next yeah. week. Um, yeah. But where do you want to take yeah. it? Um, so I also really define myself as a very like passionate person. I I'm very committed that I will live a passionate life and I will not be bored because I love what I do and I love loving what I do. But, you know, it's just so interesting how much it's changed. Like I wanted to be, when I was little, I wanted to be like an interior designer and then a fashion, like it has come such a long way. And then I was like, oh, I want to be a journalist. And then I was like, oh, I want to be a yoga teacher. And it's really just like grown and grown and grown. So I where I am in five years, I have a vision, but my gosh, I didn't think at 24, I'd be here. So, you know, it just, I try to go with the punches, even though that is not my personality at all. But where <laughs> I want to be with the OK Days, I am looking into a um, social impact MBA program. Um, so I, my goal is to start a nonprofit called the OK Days and, and take the OK Days with me and that nonprofit is going to, again, make it easier to talk about mental health, have these conversations, partner with different artists and creatives to create these opportunities to spark conversation. So I, that's the grad school I was referring to before. So I'm looking into that for 2021. Um, and yeah, I want this to become my nonprofit. Beautiful. In five years, maybe. I don't know what the time limit is, but that's what's nice. <laughs> no, you can... Technically, you can start the nonprofit right now. Today. <laughs> so, but, you know, you want to have things kind of set in motion. Like, obviously, you have plans for that and, and want to make it the best it possibly can be, which is amazing. Exactly. Um, super pumped. Yeah, that's awesome. 
<laughs> okay, so I mean, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this one last question. And I'll let you, I'll let you go. Okay. How would you define mental health? Ooh. Oh my God. How would I define mental health? Mental health is looking inward and going inside. I find it extremely interesting that you never know what someone is going through. They could be fake smiling or just, you know, smiling or, you don't know, you just never know what's going on in someone's head. So mental health to me is, is looking inward and, and going deep and getting deep and seeing some good things and seeing some bad things and, and being okay with both. And then what would you say to someone who's, uh, who's struggling right now? Mm, that you are not as alone as you may feel. That really sticks with me when I feel alone. Um, um, I've had moments where I'm like, I'm the only one going through this right now. Like, what the hell? Why is no one else going through this? And I have moments where I'm like, you don't, you have no idea what other people are going through unless you ask them and they feel comfortable to share. Um, but that is, that is my advice to someone who's struggling right now is even if you feel so alone, you're not. And I, and I hope if you're listening to me and Aaron talk, like you feel inspired and connected because we've all felt alone. I'm assuming because I have, and um, yeah, we're just never as alone as we may feel which is hard to hear sometimes when you're in it. Um, but just keep reminding yourself that. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, okay. I know we talked about a lot your Instagram, but tell us where we can find you. Um, oh yeah. At the okay days or the okay days.com. Mm -hmm. um, the okay days at gmail.com. That's my email address. But yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. <laughs> Yeah, go to her website. Um, definitely subscribe to her newsletter. There's a lot of good stuff that she posts and, and sends out. Um, conversations happen every Thursday, right? Thursday, but I haven't told you this yet. It is actually going to turn into a podcast in 2021. Instagram Live has failed me too many times, starting with our conversation. It happened this week, too. I can't rely on it. So these conversations are moving to a podcast for January. I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to, yeah, I wasn't going to suggest that because I, you know, that's not my place, but I think that's awesome because now people can listen to them whenever they want and uh, you can get a little bit deeper and uh, yeah, that's awesome. Exactly. That's, I think it's a yeah. brilliant idea. I know everyone, everyone and their grandma is starting a podcast, but it's all good. I know. <laughs> everyone and their grandma, that's funny. Yeah. I know. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Um, thank you truly for joining me today. Uh, taking yeah. some time out of your day to talk to me. Um, I'm happy with this, uh, yeah, with this conversation. I cannot believe it's been an hour and 12 minutes. Has it? But like it's 312 or I'm in Boston. So it's 212 for you. Yeah, no, good. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, yeah, I'm happy that we're, we're getting to know each other a bit better in our relationship. I don't know if we'll, if we'll ever meet in person. Might be cool. Maybe we'll have, maybe we'll have a beer. Yeah. If you're ever in Boston, I don't know if I'll ever be in Texas, but never say never. Never say never. Weirder things have probably happened. True. Very, very true. It was so great to chat with you today. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. Thanks for everyone for watching. Um, you kinda, you know the sign off by now. Rate, subscribe, like, comment, tell a friend. Uh, grateful for you all for watching. Appreciate you. Have a good night or day or wherever you're listening to it. Yeah.
and uh, happy new year. Bye. Let me stop recording. There we go. <laughs>